Hello listeners and welcome to episode 19 of Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff. My name is Reese Parton and I am one of your hosts and today I'm your editor. And I'm just letting you know that as with our best and worst films for 2023, myself, Sandra Felcher and Adam J. Purcell, who is our special guest, talked for quite a while about the best and worst TV shows of 2023, and I've decided to make it a two-part episode. So this is the first part where we talk about our top shows of 2023, and next time will be our top five shows of 2023. If you'd like to let us know what you think of 2023 in terms of film and TV, let us know. So please tune in next time for the episode, but in the meantime, enjoy this. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 19 of Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff. And just before I continue, I'm just going to put the proviso. It might also be episode 20 because we did our best of or our top 15 or top 20 films of 2023 last time, and I had to edit it into two episodes. So just in case, this could be part one of two. It could be. My name is Reese Parton. With me, that voice you just heard is Sandro Felci. It it could be. No, it is. It's me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us as a special guest is Adam J. Purcell. It's me, isn't it? Uh, yeah, hi there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are we all sure? Have we... I think so. I think so. I know we don't have a video on, but do we want name tags just for ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> just to be sure. A bit like the doctor said, he loved having name tags in uh, it's help. closing time. That's the one. Yep. That's cool. true. Okay, so what we're here to do today is list our favourite TV shows of 2023. Yeah. I say favourite, some of them are sort of dishonourable mentions and we might bag a few out if they're on the bottom of our list. (laughs) I haven't given a specific number because I think we all managed to watch very different numbers of TV shows last year. Yeah. I've managed 14 new shows, but I also went back and watched uh, a big chunk of Batman the Animated Series because I was reminded of how good it was. Yeah. And I was mourning, uh, still mourning, the passing of the greatest Batman ever. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Kevin Conroy, who was amazing in that show. And I watched a few other things, and I introduced my son to new Doctor Who, so I went back almost 20 years and watched the first season of Doctor Who. So I watched a fair bit of TV, but... Mm -hmm. It wasn't all new. So I've got 14 to go through. I don't know about the other okay. two. That's what I'm doing. 14. I have 22 that I can, uh, I can talk about, but let's not go quite that far. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I've got 15 shows that I finished, but I've added one into my top five because I've seen the majority of it and I wanted to bring it up. And okay. I fair. didn't want my one at number 15 to be number 15. So I've, I've added something else to push it down. <laughs> um, and also I've got three shows that I didn't finish, uh, yeah. which, uh, you know, could could potentially say what sort of quality they were. Mm. Yes, I, th- I think that would be a bit of an indicator, wouldn't it? So, yeah, but they will be my honourable mentions, I guess. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, you could call it the, I couldn't even be bothered finishing this mentions if you want to. (laughs) I feel like they're all better than what I did finish (laughs) and is at the end of my list. Fair enough, fair enough. So, should we start with some honourable mentions then? Yeah, some honourable, some dishonourable. What do you have on your list that isn't in that top 15, Adam? Ooh, let's see. Uh, Right at the bottom, I was told great things about this, but I didn't. I just couldn't get it. I don't know. The big prize door on Apple. I've never even heard I of it. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird Apple TV 
series about a town, small town, where mysteriously one night a machine turns up in a convenience store and you go to it and it gives you your life potential. It's basically a job, okay. really. And the effects that has on the, the town, because somebody, you know, you could be, you get the priest to come out or something like that. And it makes people reevaluate who they are. It's a good idea, but I just didn't care for any of the characters, really. I didn't care huh. for the effect mm-hmm. it was having on, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> but people love it. Apple didn't have much confidence in it because I haven't seen it pop up at all when I'm watching stuff on yeah. there. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I have seen nothing. And like, considering that it's, the writers and the cast are reasonably well known. That's yeah, that that's interesting. That well, yeah. I haven't heard of this happen with Apple before, but do they have different content for different countries? I I, I know a lot of other streaming services Maybe. do, but I don't know if Apple's done that yet. I don't. Hmm. Well, it's it's their own product, so it's yeah. up to them where they yeah. put it out. Don't know. Yeah, it sounds like an episode of Black Mirror. It is <laughs> quite Black Mirror. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it doesn't resolve at the end of the season. You still don't know where the machine okay. came from and all that. The Morpho machine. Mm. But yeah, anyway, I'm probably talking about that far too much. <laughs> More than it deserves, frankly. <laughs> Other ones which didn't quite make the list. We've got Gen V, mm-hmm. which was, yeah, it's okay. Trying to be a bit edgy as, you know, the boys is. But yeah, it didn't really amount to much, I don't think. They would maybe be a bit too dependent upon the core program with the guest appearances and what have you. Hmm. Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quantum Leap as well, which I thought took a bit of a dip this second season. The thing they're doing differently to the original Quantum Leap is that you see much more of the the ground team, the team on Project Quantum Leap. Yep. Which I always wanted to see back in the original Quantum Leap. You know, Gushy and uh, Tina and that sort of stuff. But you got little glimpses and that was enticing. But here you just get too much of them and they don't really serve much purpose. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Which, uh, which is more and more evident as you go along, I think. But a bit of a shame. Yeah. And another one I will quickly mention is Upload, which I really quite enjoyed. This was only just pipped off my top 15. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, it feels like it, it should be a bit more pacey. It's taking its time to resolve the main story. I thought this would be the final season, but I got to the end and no, it's not. But it probably should have been. <laughs> Great concept, yep. but they're just stretching out a bit too long. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there's some dishonorables there. In terms of format, I've got a a list of stuff that I didn't get around to, which I could launch into right now, actually, then. Sure, Mm -hmm. go for it. I got a whole bunch. There was a bunch of final seasons this year that I never got around to. Unfortunately, couldn't make it into Bill Hader's fourth and final season of Barry. Did not Mm. see Sex Education season four. I haven't (laughs) seen season three either. I'm very behind on that show. And did not get to see Picard season three, even though I'm never yeah. going to watch season two. I'm never going to watch <laughs> season two. I yeah. hate, I hate season yeah. one. Aww. I think season two looks even worse, but I have heard that season three is good. And I've heard that from a lot of people who, you know, I trust. So hmm. I wanted to go back and see season three, but uh, I did not get around to it. Haven't seen Silo. A lot of people talk, talk talking about Silo. That's oh, on my yeah. list. I wanted to watch that. Haven't seen Fall of the House of Usher, which is Mike no. Flanagan's new show. I know that's surprising. I haven't seen a Mike Flanagan thing as soon as <laughs> whoa, it came whoa, out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you okay? Um, no, no. Just busy, I think. <laughs> Just busy, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, if that has shocked you, Reese, I, I, I haven't seen Last of Us Season 1. Haven't seen it. <gasps> oh, wow, okay. I saw the first episode when it started coming out and then was like, I need to watch this weekly and then as i usually 
do with shows that come out weekly. You don't and watch then things just don't weekly. Watch <laughs> um, and I was like, I'll wait for it all to come out. <sighs> yeah, I, I just never was in the mood for it. And plus, I already know what happens, which it's is a a hard show. enough. Well, yeah, it's not. I don't know. I find with shows and movies where I already know what's going to happen, I'm just like. I'll watch it when I want to, and I sometimes just leave that for a very long time. If I've already <laughs> read the book or played the game or yeah. it's a it's a remake, I'm not really yeah, I don't really jump to watch it, which mm. I don't know. But I liked from I liked what I saw with that with that first episode. Yeah, only other couple to mention would be Black Mirror. I haven't seen the new season of that. I mm-hmm. didn't watch yep. season two, part one of Invincible because I want to wait for both parts to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that will be on my list next year, but I didn't see the four episodes that came out yep. this year. Uh, and also, was it four or five? Not sure. I'm not sure. I not many. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because they're eight episode seasons. And so I think they only released four this year and then four... That's crazy. Next year, even though we're recording this in February, so I don't know why I said this year. But yeah, yeah. it is weirdly <laughs> dumb. But that, that that show is very expensive in terms of its voice cast, so okay. maybe they just wanted to drag it out to get a bit Scrape more money bit, out of it, yeah, kind of like what they did with Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much everything that I wanted to see that I didn't. I'll jump in with mine then. So my list of things that I wanted to see but didn't... Uh, also includes sex education mm-hmm. because that show is great and season three it was is. very dramatic and I just want more <laughs> and I'm going to miss it when I do watch this season, actually. <laughs> mm. I wanted to see Shrinking because it's got Harrison Ford in it and that sounds like it'd mm-hmm. be a lot of fun and he got a lot of praise for it. Did it? Okay. I also wanted to see <laughs> Poker Face mm-hmm. because it was directed by Ryan Johnson and it's got a hell of a cast for a TV show. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to check that out. and. Really, the first sci-fi genre-related one that I've mentioned is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see last year's season, and I really wanted to because the first one was awesome. Yeah, definitely. bit quick, really, to mention those, but I did want to mention them because I actually haven't been able to put sex education officially on a list because I watched it. Uh, too late. I yeah. caught up with it after <laughs> yeah. Shooty was announced, yeah. and then yeah, right. now I haven't been able to watch it now, so I haven't be able to put it on a list but that is one of the best shows i've ever seen i really liked it okay i must catch that it's fantastic i remember i remember when i think i was i think i put season one really really high up on my list when that mm. came out and you were both like what what's, <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. that like- <laughs> we, we did we did laugh we were the petty yep. boyish kind of <laughs> it's got sex in the name <laughs> yeah. why is he like that so much but yes the characters are amazing no it is Fantastic. I can't wait to catch up on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that's my one to watch. All right. Well, then I'll do a dishonorable mention. Mm. Actually, no, I'll do some honorables first. Shows that I started and didn't keep going with. There's only three. One of them is called I'm a Virgo, which is an okay. absurdist comedy by a director called Boots Riley. I liked his movie, Sorry to Bother You. So I was like, I'll check uh-huh. out this TV show. Mm. The whole plot is about this 13 foot tall teenager who comes into a really stylized world. It's all about race (laughs) and coming of age and materialistic world and all the all the things. Um Mm. he becomes like a superhero. It it the problem with this show is, and I could excuse it with She-Hulk, but 
<laughs> when you've got a 13 foot tall person, you've got to make it look good. And unfortunately, it didn't look good in this, <laughs> okay. so that's why I never went back to it. But oh, I did okay. like a lot of the, the writing. This is a bit more of a dishonorable mention, but lessons in chemistry. I saw the first episode of that, which is Brie Larson's show, where she plays oh, yeah. a uh, scientist in the 50s who uh, gets a job at a cooking show to teach housewives <laughs> um, how to do science and cooking at the same time. Mm. It's a great idea. Brie Larson's performance was, uh, oh, not good. Yeah. <laughs> really ableist actually like really yeah. like i just she played this character like she was sheldon and it was awful oh, yeah. so that that was not great uh hmm. and then the other one i just saw two episodes of it uh, a couple hours ago and <laughs> i don't think i'm going to return to it unfortunately <laughs> is scott pilgrim takes over i just okay. i don't I don't like anime, first of all, um, but <laughs> I was interested in it because I like the movie and yeah. the cast are all back for the English audio of the show. Mm. And I just kind of found the cast being back distracting because their okay. voices don't match these versions of the characters. And also, yeah. while I like that it's way more obvious in this show that Scott Pilgrim is a terrible guy yeah. um and that's the point that a lot of people did not get with that with that first movie mm -hmm. i don't they change things from mm. the original story which i like but also makes me just not care about anything that's going on like there's a massive change at the end of episode one and i think it's a great idea but they don't it's just not interesting. I mm -hmm. found episode two really boring. So yeah, mm. I, I don't think I'm going to return to that, which is unfortunate. But those are my, um, those are my, I guess, honorable, I did not get around to finish them, finishing them shows. A really bad show that I did finish, and I genuinely don't know why, was Secret Invasion. Um, <laughs> that's my worst TV show of 2023. I didn't bother, yeah. It doesn't feel like a real show. Nothing about it felt like a real show, and I think that's just down to the fact that they reshot all of it. <laughs> Aside from maybe the first episode. I think the first episode is passable. It's pretty good. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is at least standing in that episode. He sits through the rest of the show. He doesn't do anything, but really? he is standing for most of that first episode. And I think that's good. I like Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn together. I think yeah. that's cool. Kingsley, Ben Adia as the bad guy, pretty good. Um, until the final episode. Until the final episode. <laughs> Olivia mm. Coleman, fantastic in this. She's yeah. barely in it, but she's fantastic. But yep. Amelia Clark and Don Cheadle feel like they're written by AI. Like they just feel <laughs> fake, and I don't know what that what's going on. Well, the visual effects are terrible. Yes, and there's so much in this show that feels like it's impacting the MCU. But it, <laughs> but but it, but then you watch the Marvels, and it didn't. <laughs> But then, mm. yeah, it's it didn't, and I can't see mm. them ever because this was a disaster. I can't see them ever referencing this in anything else. I don't. Mm. Yeah. It's just disaster strong. <laughs> it's ju just yeah. It's just bad. It's just they, bad. I don't what know. are they up to here? <laughs> yeah, poor Marvel. What are they doing? Oh, they're nailing it elsewhere. It's probably the, the worst Marvel thing that they've put. I mean. I don't... I did finish it. If Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was a TV show, I might not have finished it. So maybe maybe this isn't the worst thing they've done, but it definitely shows that these TV shows need someone looking over them, which um, mm. reportedly has not been the case. I think we need to do a Marvel TV show episode because 
not review every single episode of them, but just compare and contrast them because yeah, definitely, I really like them, but they do get a lot of flack. So I wonder, seeing as you're someone who sort of takes it or leaves it with most of them, it'd be interesting to kind of mm. compare our opinions and compare what you think works, what you think doesn't, and what I think works. Yeah, because Miss Marvel I thought was just brilliant. I think Miss Marvel was. Pretty good. I liked it aside from a couple bits here and there, but like I've pretty consistently, I think, enjoyed all the MCU TV shows. I haven't disliked any of them aside mm. from this one, <laughs> but also Secret Invasion did kind of make me not watch Loki. So I haven't oh, seen wow. season two of Loki. That's oh my something else God. I haven't watched. Gotta see that. Because <laughs> I was just so down on the MCU. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to do any of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll get back to it at some point. Um, I am still keen for Echo, even though the behind-the-scenes drama is the same across both shows uh, in terms of the post-production just being mm-hmm. a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare. But anyway, that's my worst show of the year. Reese, mm. uh, over to you. Technically, I suppose it's also my worst show of the year too because <laughs> <laughs> it's at number 14 of 14. Right. I still quite like a lot of it. I definitely agree that it went downhill, especially after the first two episodes. Mm. And they have a habit of doing that because I thought the first two episodes of Ms. Marvel had the most style and panache out of all of them. The way they had those special uh, texts, the way they did the text exchange between people on their phones was really nice in the first two episodes. And then they dropped that sort of stylistic approach later Mm. on in Ms. Marvel. I definitely thought the whole espionage feeling of... Uh, Secret Invasion really started to drift away from the show after the first two episodes. Mm. I agree that the writing for Don Cheadle's <laughs> appearance in this show was so flat, yet he gave it his all, and I actually quite liked his performance. I liked everyone's performance, really, and I liked the character study of an aging Nick Fury, and I thought this was going to be how they write him out, but then I was amazed that he was in the Marvels. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But then you realize that the Marvels decided to have nothing to do with this show because something that happens in episode four or five is not mentioned and it would have been one of the biggest things mm. uh, for one of the characters <laughs> in the Marvels and they just don't mention it. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> there are so many problems with it, but I still quite liked the attempt at what they were doing, the style of storytelling that they were going to to ape i suppose like doing an espionage mm. kind of spy thriller and mm. i thought they used the scrolls quite well uh most of the time i thought there were a few twists that were quite good but it got to the point where the only scroll you really cared about oh no i cared about two but that's only mm. because one of them was played by amelia clark and i love that woman <laughs> <laughs> um but the only two you cared about were gaia which is amelia clark's character and I've forgotten her name, but the one that Nick knew the most, their scenes yes. together, I thought were amazing. I did like their scenes together, actually. Even in the later episodes, which were, the later episodes weren't great, but even mm. those scenes in those episodes were very good. Yeah. It has its moments. And Ben Mendelsohn and Sam Jackson were great. And I, I'm avoiding a spoiler, but I, the decision they had somewhere in there to change that relationship, so to speak. I mm. don't approve of. <laughs> okay. Nor nor the nor the execution of it. I thought it was really clunky and took any emotion out of it. Yeah. I would agree with the character development of three characters that that they yes. There was <laughs> every time they did that bit of character d- development it was not done very well, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. 
at number 13, I have a Netflix show called The Night Agent, which I sort of compare it to The Bodyguard, except The Bodyguard was consistently a lot better. Okay. Mm. It's about uh, The Night Agent, which is supposedly a job in the White House where they sit (laughs) in the basement, essentially, waiting for a phone call. And usually they're an emergency call. Well, what they're expecting is an emergency call from undercover agents who need to get a message through to the White House and things Mm -hmm. like that. Right. Okay. I don't know. It happens in the first episode, so I don't know if it's too much of a spoiler, but someone who isn't a secret agent is given the contact details by people who are and Mm. is being hunted. So she calls the number and it's, there were quite a good few scenes before then. They were quite fun where the guy's just bored waiting for a call and he finally (laughs) gets one. And then it takes a very dramatic turn and he has to talk her through getting through the house at night when there are armed people in the house Mm. and the tension racked up. And then eventually they're thrown together and they meet each other. And it's a story of trying to figure out why the two agents who gave this woman the contact details of the night agent number did that and what they're after. And it it kind of grows and grows. And the first half of it, or even two thirds of it, I thought were really quite tense and quite personable, quite a small story, but then it gets really large scale and actually involves many staff in the White House, including a certain obvious character, the president. (laughs) I think it kind of, it's still very good and it was well done. But I preferred it when it was smaller scale, trying to run through the streets, get away from Mm. the people who are attacking, as opposed to being a large government scale plot, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. It was still quite well done, but I preferred the earlier stuff. It's quite low on my list, but because I didn't watch very many new stuff, it sounds like it's bad because it's number 13 out of 14, but I still had a lot of fun with it and the cast Mm -hmm. were brilliant. So Mm -hmm. I would recommend it. It's it's quite popcorn-y, action-y, but still quite well done. Okay. At number 12 is a very different sort of show. Is a, I'd call it absurdist comedy because it's from Auntie Donna. It's Auntie Donna's Coffee Coffee. Cafe. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Which is a sketch show and it's it's very amusing and it's from a group of people who I really quite like and I find them very amusing. Mm. It's hard to review because it's sketches. Yeah. It's sort of more you just have to be in the moment, but I had a lot of fun and they had a great... (laughs) They had a cameo from the character called Rake from Rake, the TV show. <laughs> and Rake is about a lawyer and he, he appears in character. Yep, You get Richard Roxburgh, who's the actor, appears in character as Rake. And everyone goes, oh, that's Rake from Rake, the TV show. And it, it's quite <laughs> fun. And then they kind of make a parody of the, uh, I don't know if it was a meme or if it was a TV show, but you know, the whole thing about, can you discern if this is a cake or it isn't? Oh, that was oh, a yes. yeah, Netflix TV show. Yeah, yeah they yeah, slice yeah. into something and it might be a cake, it might not be. They do a parody of that where everything they say, is it a cake or isn't, turns into a cake. And <laughs> okay. so things start collapsing around them. And it's, it's very silly, but it, I had fun with it. Again, hard to review. So I'll just say yeah. number 12, Auntie Donna's mm-hmm. Coffee Cafe, which is just a funny name too. Yeah. <laughs> it's free on ABC iView. Yeah. I think still. I think it's still there. If you're overseas, you could probably get a VPN and you just have to set up an account with your email and you can watch a Mm. funny show. Uh, And at number 11, ending this first chunk, which is a bit of a shortened chunk than usual, we have Foobar Season (laughs) 1. What? (laughs) You watched that. That's great. I did. Okay. I don't know if uh, either of you have heard of that. No. I have. 
It was on my watch list. I, it looks fun. <laughs> it is fun. It's very fun. It is a comedy action series starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, right. How oh, weird. Yeah, I didn't expect it at all. And I watched it in two two sittings, basically. Nice. One weekend when I was dropping my son off with his mother, I called in with my cousin and he said, sit down and watch this. And then I decided, can I stay the night so we could stay up most of the night and watch some of this? <laughs> and then I did it again the next time I took my son back to his mother. And it's, it's he used to be a CIA operative. Or he, he is, but he's on the edge of retirement. But a thought. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, because... Arnold Schwarzenegger should be too. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's about 70. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it's still, still kicking it pretty hard in this film, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's good, that's good. Yeah. Oh, in this, in this series. And he, his marriage has broken up, but he, wants, he doesn't want it to be broken up, but his ex-wife is planning to marry someone new. So there's, and he's very petty about it deliberately, and he keeps getting called out for how petty he is against his... Uh, uh, his counterpart, essentially, that is the the new fiance, and it's just very amusing that dynamic, as well as still going off on secret missions. <laughs> and he finds out in the first episode that his daughter is too. <laughs> okay, and so he's and his daughter is played by the woman who was in Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay, Monica Barbaro, I think her name is. It's also got Gabriel Luna in there as as a. Mm. A great character and and he puts in a great performance. It's really quirky. It's a weird. It's a weird setup. But once you get in there and you watch it and and you realise that he's a retiring CIA agent, a agent, it just cracks along at a great pace. It's got the. Okay. It opens up with a set piece that feels like it's straight out of one of the most three most recent uh, Mission Impossible films. Ooh. It's really well done. It's a really good set piece, and it isn't the only one. The tension actually does rack up when they're out on a mission, but it also switches to comedy very quickly and very easily, and I, I really, really liked it. Mm. But yeah, FUBAR is at number 11, and that finishes my first chunk. All right. Well, then I will jump into my first chunk. Okay. Um, don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> With number 15. Uh, now, all of the show's... From this point onwards, I give higher than a three out of five. I think they're all pretty good, <laughs> yeah. which is why uh, it might shock him. some people at what is so low, considering oh. that I only have 16 things on my list. But that's uh -huh. because I don't watch bad TV. I just Indeed. Can't, yeah. can't be bothered. Can't be yeah. bothered going through. Yeah. yeah. Number 15 then goes to Doctor Who, The Church on Ruby Road. Mm. Okay. Which I believe... Kind of low. I do have more Doctor Who later on in my list. <laughs> okay. I've put all mine together into one, but uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've padded my list out by doing each special <laughs> gets a slot itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got the 60th anniversary specials as their own entry yeah. and then this one on its own because I'm mm -hmm. like, technically it's not really connected to them, but also it's, anyway. It's not a 60th special. No. It's a Christmas special. Yeah, it's a bit of a Christmas special rather than a 60th. But anyway, uh, that is at number 15. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, we've done, done a whole episode on it and it hasn't been too long since we put that out, actually. No? So yeah. I won't say too much more on it, but I think it's I think it's fun. I don't love introducing a Doctor on a Christmas special when we then have to wait for like half a year to get the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah. I feel like it just loses all momentum, which is how I feel this episode kind of played out for me i got really oh. excited for more adventures and then i'm like oh but i gotta wait five months um, yeah 
But I really like Shurigawa as the Doctor. I think yeah. Millie Gibson's okay. The writing could be better for her, but, you know, it's okay. I'm excited to see what they do. There's some good mysteries in here and one not very good mystery that, that again, Reese and I discussed on the, <laughs> on the episode that we reviewed this on. Uh, but yeah, I think it's pretty fun. I'm very excited mm. to see what season one is is going to be mm. like. No. Um, uh, or season. <laughs> it what is season one. What even is it now? 14. 14? Yeah. Yeah, 14. Yeah. yeah. Or 40 something. Yeah. Or 40. Yeah. This is why new people don't watch Doctor Who. Because they're like, (laughs) what? (laughs) 40 seasons? No chance. (laughs) But yeah, that is uh, in at spot number 15. In at spot number 14 um, is... uh, Oh, I didn't mention that I hadn't seen Mandalorian and Ahsoka. Um, Haven't seen them yet. Mm. Mandalorian, I didn't watch it because I just didn't feel like i wanted to <laughs> i don't know i was like it was there and i was like I, I i like this show i know i like this show but i just don't feel like, like this show mm. right now so i never I, really got around to it um ahsoka i didn't watch because uh my partner wanted to watch it and uh, they have not seen any of rebels so we're gonna go through all of rebels before yeah. ahsoka right. season two comes out i do want to say that that's another reason another one i want to put on my want to watch list and the reason why i couldn't watch it was because i had two seasons left of the clone wars and all of rebels i watched those two seasons of clone wars last year and i watched the first season of rebels and i thought star wars i love you but i need something else yeah <laughs> so i moved on and so i haven't finished rebels yet and i want to get onto ahsoka but that will be later on probably at the end of the year <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i'm kind of like as well yeah, the only Star Wars show... I didn't watch Bad Batch 2, but I don't think I need to give a reason for that because season one was just okay. Anyway, um, the only Star Wars list uh, show on my list comes in at this point, which is uh, uh, at number 14, Star Wars Visions Season mm. 2, yeah. which is the anthology series uh, with season one all being anime shorts, uh, not really set mm. in the Star Wars universe, but more inspired by Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some pretty good stuff in season one. I don't love anime, but I I liked a lot of what was going on in season one. The more yeah. anime episodes, the the episodes that were very anime, I didn't love, but the With ones- the twins? Yeah, the twins. I was like, this, yeah. this is- just, <laughs> I applaud it for fitting Star Wars into the normal mold of an anime, but yeah, definitely. lightsabers don't work like that, and I don't want my characters really walking around on the outside of ships <laughs> without an explanation of why. Yeah, mm. but there were some really good episodes in that first season, oh, yeah. but I think there's even more better episodes in season two, which yes. does mm-hmm. expand yeah. that a lot more. Um, it's not just- uh, Japanese animation studios for season no. two. It's now everything. Every yeah. every place in the world gets to do an episode. Admin animation. Mm. Yeah, and I liked I liked most of it. I think mm-hmm. my favorite ones are uh, my favorite one is probably Screech's Reach, which was by uh, the animation company that did a movie called Wolf Walkers, which was really high up in my movie list a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. They're an Irish animation company. I thought that their short was really sweet, kind of scary, really fun. I would watch a whole movie of just that. It was barely Star (laughs) Wars. It was more Stranger Things, honestly. Uh, It was was pretty good. I quite like that one. The the one with the two sisters was was great as well. I love the Aardman one. Um, (laughs) The... 
pod racing kind of yeah. episode. That was fantastic. House racing. <laughs> yeah. And the final episode as well, uh, which was... Um, I don't know who the animation studio was. They're called Trigger Fish. I think they're South African, maybe. But they were fantastic. Everything looked like a toy. The force was music. That was great. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought that was I thought that was was really really good. There were mm. some episodes in there that I did not like though. Um but yeah. that, you know, that's always going to happen with an anthology. Yeah, particularly animated anthology. I find if I'm not on board with an animated mm-hmm. short story, I'm going to be less on board with the overall story than I will be for like a Black Mirror. If a Black Mirror, I'm like, the premise of this, I don't really like too much. I can still keep more of an open mind about it as I Mm. go through it. Whereas with animation, I'm like, ah, I'm (laughs) not on board with this and I'm not going to get on board with it for the rest of the length. Yeah. It's a bit like comic books for me. I've got very much a style that I prefer in how things are illustrated and I struggle reading some of them if they're not done in that way. So I think animation, if it doesn't look a little bit like Batman, the animated series, for example, or or Clone Wars or something like that in that the fluidity of the movement or something like that, sometimes it jars with me. So Mm. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's worth checking out. Oh yeah. Even if you don't like Star Wars. I think it's good because they're barely Star Wars as well, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And most of the stories are just this one character has the force and there's adversities that they have to <laughs> go through. That's pretty much every story. So, okay. But also that is Star Wars. That is also what Star Wars is. That's true. Well, yeah, mostly. Pretty much. <laughs> it was good. I don't know why I didn't watch Mandalorian. I should, I should, I should get you around should. to that it's at some season. point. I heard good that season. 3 was pretty good. Yeah. Hopefully next year I'll come back here and be like, I watched all the Star Wars, I'm Star Wars out, and was my favourite show of the year. <laughs> Hopefully that's what mm. I'll do next year. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the new season. Yeah, if that comes uh, out next year, I think that was pretty heavily affected by the strikes, though, so I I'm not sure. I think it was to 2025 now, yeah. Because he was he was on the uh, picket line pretty much oh, the whole time. He? he was, Excellent. yeah. Oh, he gave an, a speech at the picket line, which just felt like it was straight out of Andor, pretty much. It was so empowering and how uh. he's been to several of them and just hold the line because they need you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to make the money that they want without you. So yeah. you get your share of it, is what he was saying. It was really good. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I'll move on to number 13 then, which goes <laughs> to a show called Jury Duty, mm-hmm. which I saw pop up on Amazon, I was like, this looks kind of funny, <laughs> but I'm not that keen to watch it. Uh, and then I saw a bunch of TikToks come out about it, all about how James Marsden is fantastic in it, and he oh, has been nominated, way- I think, for a Golden Globe for this show. Um, yeah, Jury Duty is, I guess, a prank show might be the way to to put it. All right. All I know about it is the meme of James Marsden is James Marsden. Yeah, so James Marsden plays himself, as do a bunch of actors. The premise is, and I'm pretty sure it's created by some guys who are behind the American uh, Office uh, show, uh, which makes sense because all of the humor in this is just cringe humor. So if you're not a fan of that, (laughs) don't watch this. But um, it's about this one guy. His name is Ronald. He's just a regular Australian. No, he's not. A regular American guy. (laughs) Um, And he goes to do his jury duty in a okay. jury trial that is um not you know it's kind of normal like it's just kind of like a small 
corporate-ish crime. It's not that bad. Some guy <laughs> fell asleep on the job and um, maybe something spilt over, I think, was the crime. I can't remember exactly what the crime was, but <laughs> he's on the, the jury for this hearing. And he is like, this is a real hearing that, that I'm a part of. Everything mm-hmm. about it. He's like, I've got no reason to believe why this is not real. Except none of it is real. Every single person that is on the jury that is involved in this hearing, they're all actors. Um, Mm -hmm. Everything is so well staged. And Mm. uh, the writers are just just pranking him. They're just (laughs) trying to... They're just trying to get funny reactions, really, is the whole show. And it's never mean... The premise sounds like like, like, like it could be really mean. Yeah. And this is yeah. the one time I'm glad that this is American. Because I think if this wasn't American, this would be very mean. Probably yeah. too mean. But but because it is American and it's quite, you know, like, wholesome. And they're trying to make him <laughs> look like a good guy. Which definitely would not happen if this was Australian <laughs> or British. Um, <laughs> if it was Australian, it would be, how can we get out of jury duty? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is, like, he wants to be there and he is genuinely <laughs> invested in everyone. I want to do my public service. <laughs> yeah. And it is it is a lot of fun. <laughs> There's a point in the last episode where they kind of go through how everything was planned and, like, the writing involved and the amount of people that were involved in this. I'm more interested, honestly, with how mm. they pulled this off than mm-hmm. the show itself I wonder how much legal work they had to do before they started doing it just to get permission to do it. Oh, 100%. No, definitely. Yeah. It is yeah. such a... And they can never do this again. They can no, they never do, do this two. premise again. <laughs> Unless it was a completely different cast, maybe? Even then, this show has made such big waves that you'd need to find someone who was living under a rock yeah. to to do this. I don't know, I don't know, but, mm. um, yeah, and James Marsden, he plays himself, but he plays himself <laughs> as, like, just a suck-up, arrogant actor version of himself. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> the guy who isn't aware that everything is fake, him mm. and James Marsden, their chemistry is fantastic. He just makes <laughs> fun of James Marsden constantly. Like, James Marsden <laughs> is like, I was in Sonic, and the guy's like, oh, I heard that was shit. <laughs> like, just, like, stuff like that. It's, well, it's wrong. fantastic. <laughs> I recommend that one if you're into mm-hmm. some some light entertainment. I thought yeah, it was pretty sounds fun. Sounds good. Um, and just, just James Marsden is just, he's, he's great. He's just great. He's underrated. Yeah, he is fantastic. He needs to stop <laughs> doing, um, I'm a man and I'm hanging out with an animated animal in this kid's <laughs> nah. movie because I think he's so much better than that. Nah, he does it um, so well, though. <laughs> he does do it very well. He does do it very well. But it's funny that he's done it three times now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Number 12. Might seem a bit low, but uh, I still really enjoyed it. Number 12 is Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season mm. 2. Okay. Continuing Captain Pike and Spock and all their adventures through space and everything. I quite like season one. I don't think it's as good as the Orville. I think the Orville is probably the, the best Trek Ooh. show out right now, but this is pretty it good, pretty close. Show. <laughs> it isn't a Trek show, but it's it, <laughs> it feels like it is. It feels <laughs> yeah. like it is. And yeah, it's it like feels... people saying Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. It feels like one. Well, it isn't. <laughs> I feel like with the Orville, it has the the heart that old Trek has that no new Trek has really gotten, which wasn't Ooh, a problem yeah. with Discovery, because I think Discovery was trying to do something new yeah. with that. Mm. Picard was 
<laughs> Picard, I don't know, man. Picard was jumping on the um, nostalgia, nostalgia yeah, bandwagon. Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, Picard was nostalgia. Yeah. Lower Decks is fantastic um, and is my favourite of all of the new <laughs> Star Trek shows. Haven't seen mm. season four, by the way. Another one that's not on my list. But that is probably the best out of all of them, but also... It doesn't feel Star Trek because it's way too self-aware. Um, and <laughs> I think Strange New Worlds is good. It's a little bit on the nose at points. I I don't love a lot of the writing decisions that they make every now and then, but but I think it's I pretty do. good. It's pretty good fun. Uh, and season two was 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 pretty solid. I didn't like the first episode, so I I kind of went into the, the season a bit hesitant after that first episode. But after then, I thought it was fantastic. Hmm. There's a courtroom episode in particular that I thought was great. A fun time travel episode was pretty good. I yep. liked a lot of the character-based stuff. There, This season, just like season one, each episode picks one character to focus on, and I thought that was mm-hmm. great. The Spock episode was hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as his episode was in season one, that was fantastic. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Lower Decks crossover episode. That was yeah. very fun. Very well done. I love the way, as soon as the writer's strike was over, the cast just blurted out all of the behind-the-scenes stuff on their social media feeds. Yeah, yeah. It did feel more like a Lower Decks episode than a Strange New World episode. It didn't really fit with the season to me. I was like, this feels like a Lower Decks episode, but I think that's because it is written by the writers of Lower Decks, not right. the writers of Strange New Worlds. So that might be why. But that was a lot of fun. Particularly Uhura this season, I think she got a lot to do, and that was fantastic. I really enjoyed a lot of what she got to do this this season. Nurse Chapel is my least favorite in the whole. I just, I just, I just found her annoying in this season. A lot of her character arcs and stuff, I, I did not like. I did though, and I wasn't sure if I would. I did like this version of Kirk of of James Kirk. That is, I think Mm -hmm. he was great. Throughout this whole yep. throughout this whole season, yeah, I liked him last season too. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sold on him with season one, but I quite liked Fair him enough. this one, particularly in yeah. one episode, which was fantastic. There's another mm-hmm. classic, the original series character who shows up at one point, and that was yep. pretty funny. I will see yep. what I think of that character in, in season three. I'm sure I didn't mm. like the musical episode. I thought the musical uh. episode was <laughs> a swing and a miss. They swung, and yeah. I. Uh, I all props to them for attempting it. I don't yes. think it necessarily worked. Again, with musical episodes of TV shows, don't auto tune everyone, and they did. Oh, so that yeah. that 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 was kind of my issue there. The songs were pretty catchy though. The, there's some good songs in in that in that episode. I'm really glad that that they went for it. I don't think it necessarily worked. And I will say with the season finale, I don't want to give anything away, but. I, it's not the 90s anymore. Can we stop ending seasons like that? Can we? Can, I know that that's a mm. Star Trek thing. Is there a cliffhanger? But just finish the story. <laughs> when there's over a year in between seasons, finish the story <laughs> at the end of your season. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fine for like 25 episode long seasons. There's only, there's only a couple months to wait. Yeah. We got to wait more than 12 months for season three. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't want a cliffhanger. I'm going to forget. I'm just going to forget what happened. That's what's going to happen. Mm, yeah. But uh, it was a pretty good season. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> and then number 11 goes to a show that, again, I think might be pretty low compared to other people who have seen it. But number 11 is 
Beef, the Stephen Yun, Ali Wong uh, Netflix comedy thriller thing. Okay. <laughs> they both lead very different lives. Uh, there's one point where, yeah, they're both involved in a road rage incident right at the start of the season. And from that point onward, they have it out for each other. But aside from that, their storylines don't really cross over. you got Ali Wong, who's a small business owner who's trying to sell her business. She's dealing with uh, her husband and a bunch of other character stuff. Stephen Yun, he's struggling. He's a contractor. And he's got his own stuff to deal with. It slowly kind of crosses over throughout the season and then kind of splits apart again. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. It felt very A24, Mm. (laughs) which is not necessarily a good thing. I like A24, but there were a lot of moments in the season where I went, this show has been very A24 and I don't know if I'm on board with it, but it's pretty good. A bit of a crowd pleaser at points, I think it takes kind of like squid game which feels maybe like it's the netflix formula at this point but there's a lot of risks <laughs> they kind of lead up to and then change their mind at the very yeah, last second uh, and go for the safe option which is what yeah. i felt that this show did a bit too many times mm-hmm. but it's still pretty good and i would i would i would recommend it i watched it in like three days so i must have enjoyed it um so yeah it's pretty fun the writing is fantastic the acting is fantastic it's just a couple moments where i thought they could have done something really interesting and and they kind of they kind of threw that idea out the window which was a bit of a shame but um no that's my that's my first chunk i spent a lot of time on that first chunk so i think i'm just gonna throw it over to adam (laughs) (laughs) okay uh my first chunk then Number 15 of, you know, 22 odd. And, and like you, I don't tend to carry on with stuff I don't like. So all mm. of them uh, have some merit. But 15 <laughs> is Picard. Ah, Picard. Yes. The adventures of uh, Jean-Luc Picard mm. uh, in his dotage. <laughs> in his, should he really be doing that? Oh, God, <laughs> watch out. Yeah, yeah. As you say, nostalgia. I, I love them getting the original crew back together the recreation mm, mm. of the enterprise d set yeah oh. all great great stuff but first half of the season in particular i was really frustrated by how they portrayed picard he was uh, okay such a curmudgeonly old man i hated the the captain they were having conflict with all the time this guy does not deserve oh. to be a starfleet captain he doesn't have it he's mm. too risk averse he's too close-minded uh, it, ah, it was frustrating I've always found Starfleet is close-minded. That's the problem with well, it. Well, yeah, but the best captains, the ones we follow on the shows, like Pike, like Picard, like Kirk. They always push that. They're, yeah. they're all decent people. I never felt that yeah. about this captain, um, whose name okay. I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Says a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. So the second half, I think, really picked it up, gave us mm-hmm. what we wanted, That the crowd-pleasing moments, but... Okay. But, yeah. People say that, Crowd pleasing is a bad thing, but I'm in the crowd and I want to watch something that I enjoy. I want to be pleased by what I watch, so I tend to go, okay, cool. If you're watching Picard, you want yeah. to see Picard having fun, having adventures with his mates. Because mm. mm-hmm. this is this Definitely. is a nostalgia series. Yeah. Through and through. If different if you're watching STD, maybe you want something new, but they're not here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Number 14 then. Uh, welcome to Wrexham. Ooh. Oh. oh, wait, that's, yes. I Which is uh, Ryan Reynolds and yeah. somebody. Um, 
clear something up for me. Is it a documentary? It is a documentary. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought it was just Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, I thought right it was around. a bit like Ted Lasso. Yeah. It sort of is Ted Lasso, but real life. They they buy okay, okay. up a, a Welsh football team, soccer team, yeah. if you like, depending where you are, and uh, their fortunes and trying to run it, obviously a lot of time remotely. And it's just mm. real life interacting with, with Hollywood in a way. With uh, He's got money, yeah. but they've got this low division team they're trying to get up to the next division. And they've done quite well, haven't they? They have. I'd heard on the radio yeah. before I saw this series, they did get promoted. So I was watching okay. how, that prog- how that happened. It is amazing how reality feels like it's been written. It feels like a Hollywood mm. thing because mm-hmm. they do get that promotion and it is really down to the wire. But that, it's all real. Uh, yeah, I, I was very impressed by it. He's got a tendency to to have a big drive to achieve something, though. Like, you know, he's constantly yeah. getting himself in very good shape for his films and he drove yeah. to get Deadpool made. So it makes sense that he'd have that ambition mm. for something else as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 for sure. And, and all the effects he's having on the community in Wrexham. Uh, which yeah. is obviously positive. And uh, yeah, yeah. It's really quite inspiring stuff in a way. Yeah. Okay. I'd have recommended. Uh, unlucky with some, number 13, it's Bodies. <laughs> oh, uh, that looked interesting. Yeah. A Netflix sci fi thing where in is it four th- different time zones, a body shows up randomly in a, an alleyway in London. So you've got 18, 90 odd, uh, you've got Second World War, you've got modern day, you've got future. And why is this same body, an exact duplicate, happening? Mm. And and then the detectives of each time zone trying to figure out who this dead body is, what happened. I presume they didn't realise it in the first two time zones, but once you get to modern day, records kind of show, hang on a sec. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about the same body. Yeah, yeah. By, By modern day, they start to figure out there's a pattern going on. That's cool. Yeah. That is very cool. And then you see what happens in the future. That's such a good idea for a show. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. I, I feel like they, they fluffed the ending a bit because they almost changed <laughs> their theory of time travel right at the end. Right, okay. Uh, that always happens, really. Classic. You know, Doctor Who gets away with time travel because it tries them all out at some point, whereas if you try to stick with one, yeah. you eventually change it, yeah. Exactly. Doctor Who, you give a pass because it's never been consistent. Mm. But here, it was <laughs> consistent and it was all figure- working until right at the end when they throw his curveball. And think, right. That, that yeah. doesn't actually fit in with what you've done. But anyway, nevertheless, mm-hmm. getting to the end is, is great fun. Good. Number 12, Din Djarin and Grogu in <laughs> The Mandalorian, season three. Mm-hmm. The weakest season, I would say. Oh, wow. But still good stuff. That's not, you know, the first two are really high water stuff. So the fact it's down to 13 is, is a bit damning, but it's still really good. But it is much more worried about uh, Katie Sackhoff's character and uh, everything happening on Mandalore. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, but it's no longer the Mandalorian in a way. It's more Bo-Katan. But some good stuff in there, far better than... Um, Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett, so yeah, thank you. Uh, far better than that. <laughs> and also introduced Thrawn, live-action Admiral, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who's been a favourite character of mine since the early 90s when I read the books. Should have been Matt Smith. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Wait, did it introduce it or did it just drop hints? Because I thought he appeared in Ahsoka. Uh, uh, Ahsoka. Oh, you're right. Because I've seen Mandalorian, I haven't seen Ahsoka yet. 
we see Palian, his his, uh, his lieutenant, yes, Captain Pierce. Oh, okay. in it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm. So you're right. It is setting him up. Because I thought, hang on a sec, did I did I miss an episode? I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It was so great. Turns up. Uh, yeah. Nevertheless, good stuff. I like to see where they go mm. with it. Is the film mm-hmm. next? Is series four next? I'm not sure. I think it's the film. I think. Yeah. Because that's Get- being written that- now. I think. So I don't know. But is that it? I thought that was meant to be capping it off. No, they're doing a season four. They yeah, they are, they're they keeping are it doing, going. Yeah. So I'm truly amazed because it genuinely sounds like Pedro Pascal, as much as he had fun, is sort of done with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So unless they make the Mandalorian in question of the show make it Bo Katan. Maybe. I suppose they could just kind of pass the mantle on, I suppose. Oh yeah, so season four is like a new main character and three kinda of, and the movie wraps up what it could do. Pascal was doing. Possibly. Because he's going to be busy. That's true. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But he, he's just a voiceover in this season anyway. He never takes his helmet off, I don't think. So. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So, yeah, he can fit it in an afternoon, Gotti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number 11, then. Marvel's What If. Oh, uh, wow, yeah. that's high. Okay. Yeah, it's mostly because of that first episode, to be, to be frank. <laughs> uh, I loved that first episode. I'm a big fan of, uh, of Nebula. Um, yeah. And, and Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade, that Blade Runner Detective Noir mm-hmm. episode Ooh. was amazing. Oh, it's great, Sandra. It's great. I need to, I need to watch this. Yeah, <laughs> you do. It's great. I'd love them to do a, a full-length film of this oh, that's good. animated version. It was so good. Yeah. I had that with many of these episodes that I want a full-length version of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're very good. That's great. They, mm. they definitely have found their feet with this series and... Uh, that's good. Got off to a really good start. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, there's lots of individual stories, so I won't go into all of them. But yeah, yeah. definitely definitely watched that. And yeah, it's the end of my number 11. It's at the end of my first chunk. Ooh. Awesome. I don't need to talk too long about my next chunk, which is good yeah. just to keep us churning along. Indeed. <laughs> at number 10 is Doctor Who, the Star Beast. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Which I was very excited about when it first came out because it's been a while since we've seen Doctor Who, but also mm. David Tennant and Catherine Tate were back and that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. But having seen the rest of them, just compared to them, it is certainly my, when I say least favourite, it sounds like it's bad. It just isn't as high on the list because I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. But it just doesn't hold up as much. But there are some really great moments for people who've been watching this show for a long time, like mm-hmm. when the Doctor knocks on the uh, noble household door and Sylvia goes, <laughs> you. I just laughed at that, and that was a lot of fun. So Yeah, a lot more comedy in that one than the uh, the other two of yeah. us. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and I I liked that. We haven't. I feel like we haven't had that in a while. We haven't had it mm. in the Russell T. Davies flavor with David Tennant saying the words and mm-hmm. yeah. Catherine Tate up to her usual comedic goodness. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was good to have them back. But it comes in at number 10. And number nine is Star Wars Visions Season 2. Mm-hmm. Mm. I must catch that. It, it is very good. I really liked this one. I think both Visions and What If mm. sort of really grew into their potential. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think it's the same. You can make a good comparison where I really quite liked season one of them both, but they were treading the water to see if people would like it, and yeah. people really yeah. did. A lot of Finding their feet. A lot of animation fans yeah. liked Star Wars Visions because of the different styles. Mm. And I, I feel like What If was sort of testing out what comic do in their stories 
you jump into comics at any point, basically. So you read it, and in this comic series, Captain America's been killed off and replaced with Captain Britain, or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> or Captain Carter as well. Yes. But there is a Captain Britain. I was actually thinking literally of Captain Britain. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah, Tim Garrett's a Yeah, I think you can... What if treats it like that? You could jump in the middle of a run of a comic book and you you get the flavour of what's going on because Definitely. of previous stories. I think with what... Uh, sorry, with Visions... You, as long as you understand the flavor of Star Wars and in the first season, the flavor of anime especially, mm. you can like it. Whereas this told really good Star Wars stories, which I wouldn't mind seeing a season of. Same with Tales of the Jedi, but that was last mm. year or the year before. Yeah, that was pretty good too. That was very good. I, I really liked, funnily enough, I liked the uh, the episodes that focused around Ahsoka and it was yeah. almost like a two-parter because it just felt like another few episodes of Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, mm. pretty much. But yeah, my favorite episode of... Visions season two, I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember any of the names at the moment, but it was the story of the two sisters whose people, the indigenous people of the planet were wiped out because the empire wanted to reap the resources from their planet and mm. they were in the way. And uh, it was really quite poignant. The visual storytelling, yep. they told that with cave paintings that sort of moved, which mm. felt like a cross between like a lot of indigenous cultures, but also Harry Potter where the newspapers move. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It felt like, you know, that sort of element. And then it's not really spoilers, but these creatures are sort of force sensitive and that comes to the foreground when they're in danger. And it just, it was really good animation. Mm -hmm. It was a really good story. And I really like that the most, but a lot of them really held up really well. And the unique, each animation style was unique to each episode. Definitely. This time around. So I, I really like that about it. So I commend Star Wars and Disney for doing that. That's really good. Yep. Uh, at number eight is Doctor Who, The Wild Blue Yonder. Nice. It was the second episode of the four we've had recently. And I really liked it. Uh, yeah. The performances were all top notch. Mm -hmm. uh, just in terms of the enjoyment I got out of it, there are two more, obviously, out of the four that are higher than it, but it's still a very good episode. Uh, we've had comments on our individual podcasts about the visual effects. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought the CGI looked great, but when you married the live action stuff with the green screen going on, it did look very green screened. That's yeah, true. I didn't cover yeah. that up as well. But yeah. for Doctor Who, the yeah. CGI was the best I think it's ever looked, frankly, because it's got oh, yeah. so much more money behind it. Yeah, I feel like as well they're trying to still make it look like Doctor Who and still make it look a bit cheap as well. <laughs> I agree. I think it's I think it's on purpose. I agree. I think I because the previous episode with Star Beast, you could have made it the monsters as terrifying as as uh, you know, you could have pushed it for being really terrifying. But they yeah. really had a proper Doctor Who, almost cheesy, corny style of uh, of villains and exactly. monsters. But I yeah. think it worked really well. And then also yeah. like with the Christmas special. Visually, a lot of the special effects in that looked better than the Tenant ones did, which makes me think that the Tenant's ones are like kind of still a throwback, having the bigger budget, but yeah. also <laughs> looking a little bad at times <laughs> maybe. Um, as yeah. a throwback. I don't know, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure, but that's my theory. I, I, yeah. We'll see what season one's like. I'm not sure how much of the Disney money had come through by the time they were making the first specials, but mm. I, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, true. It just helps that there are only three of them so they could spread yeah. out in a season's worth of yeah. budget to that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I really like that one. And, you know, if this was a Doctor Who podcast, we can go through comparisons with previous episodes, like the episode <laughs> Midnight, which is also a David <laughs> yeah. Tennant, Russell T. Davies episode. It's a good one. Uh, but I won't do that here. I'll just say very good performances, 
fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's great to have Murray Gold back. I've really missed that man. Sagan Akinola did very good work for Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall's era, but there's just something about Murray Gold that I tune with a lot more. Mm. Tune in with. Different style. Exactly. Yeah, very, very different. Sagan did his style very well, but Murray is just bombastic and wonderful. <laughs> yep. At number seven is What If Season 2. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. I agree with what you said about the first episode, and mm-hmm. I, I agree about wanting to have expanded versions of them, or yeah. you almost wanted a season or a movie of uh, some of the concepts, which are great. But yeah, the mm-hmm. first one, the concept is uh, very Blade Runner-ish, and you've got yeah. a grisly detective in the form of, of Nebula, yeah. <laughs> and Karen Gillan did a fantastic job. Did, oh, it is yeah. Karen in that one. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Karen Gillan. Most yeah. of them did get quite a few of the big names back. They have got replacements for Black Widow, Iron Man, and Captain America. Yeah. Okay. But pretty much all the rest of the major characters coming back are people like Sebastian Stan, Elizabeth Olsen. Wow, okay. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. That's a lot more than season one then. because It is a lot yeah. more, yeah. That's good. That one was good and would make a really great sort of film on its own. Mm-hmm. But some of the later ones, I just love how much they went for the large scale madness of it all. <laughs> like the season finale in particular. I know a lot of people don't really like overpowering characters. They say, oh, that's a bit OP, but I was here for it when some of the visuals we got, some of the concepts we got were amazing. Yeah. It's what this series is for, really, isn't it? You can do whatever. Yeah. Literally. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly, yeah, and there's a there's a YouTube channel. I keep referring to YouTube channels, but it's sort of how I engage with fandoms these days because mm-hmm. I find a lot of forums to be very toxic, so <laughs> I like really positive people talking about things For sure. to camera, mm-hmm. and the real rejects talked about it, and they preferred this to season one a hell of a lot. Like they were, In fact, yeah. they thought it was a bit of a chore to watch season one previously, but oh, they really? were blown okay. away by this, mm-hmm. yeah. and they just said it's very good. And there's an episode, I think it's episode seven, which frankly blew me away, and mm-hmm. it was a flashback to good old-fashioned Disney animated movies. Oh! Hardly a connection to Marvel particularly at all, except for the very beginning and the very end. It introduced entirely brand new characters, and mm. I want them in the rest of the MCU. I will set up the concept of it. It's a bit of a spoiler, but it's the question of what if Asgard fell long before we saw it in the films. Okay. And the Tesseract fell to Earth and landed somewhere in North America Mm -hmm. and landed in the waters near a First Nations American tribe. Ooh, that sounds good. It's very good. And there's a story of some of the... One of the lakes is forbidden because people have been disappearing. Yeah. Uh, and, And basically what happens is the people who disappeared have been teleported through Yggdrasil, the... uh path to the different planes mm-hmm. of reality and they've also been bestowed with powers and kahuri is a woman from this tribe who gets powers and i'm just fascinated by her and she's great and that was a standout episode and i want more it was so good yeah cool mm. and the visuals yeah. of it were amazing and the music yeah. had like a choir of these tribes people and it's i don't know their traditional name and i'm not going to attempt to pronounce it because it might offend someone we call them the mohawk tribe and they actually put a credit at the end marvel studios thanks uh, gives thanks to the tribe for their consultation Mm. and it was just such a good episode and i was really blown away by Mm. it so uh that's quite a bit of time spent on that but yeah (laughs) at number seven what if season two 
really, really liked it. Right. Right. That episode in particular was amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to have to watch this now then. <laughs> oh, yeah, please do. In fact, it's it's just great. In fact, I, looking at my list, I want to bump it up, but I didn't know what to swap it with. But, yeah, it's it's very good. <laughs> I suppose yeah. that's the problem with a smaller sample size of things that you've seen. Yeah, definitely. The difference in scale of appreciation isn't very much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at number six, we have Doctor Who, The Church on a Ruby Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think it depends on what lens you watch this through and you analyze it through. You could definitely nitpick it quite a bit, oh, yeah. and the plot is very thin (laughs) yeah but it was the first full episode with shooty gatwa and i love him yep definitely it's uh russell t davies having a bit more fun with doctor who again you're getting hints at his characterization of writing for the 14th doctor Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. no 15th doctor 15th got to remember that david Tennant coming back made it 14 Um, (laughs) but it's also doctor number one if we're going by the season no or 57 (laughs) (laughs) or 50 yeah or 700 billion and... <laughs> yeah, how many times children were there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically what I'm saying is if you analyse it from a plot point of view, I could definitely understand people coming up with problems with it, but yeah. I'm blown away by Shuti Gatwa. Mm. I love Millie Gibson. Mm-hmm. The two of them working together were great. All of the cast had really good moments of either joyousness because it was a Christmas special and they were having fun or mm. one of the characters was adopting a baby or no, yeah. fostering a baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just all sorts of fun things happened in there and I liked the production values. I loved the music. Mm. It Again, a shallow one, but a very enjoyable one. So yeah. that's why I rank it higher than the other two that I've mentioned so far. But really, if you look at plot wise, I think the Wild Blue Yonder probably holds better than all of them. Yep. Holds together better, but yeah, maybe. in terms of my enjoyment, this one is higher than that one. So, yeah. yeah, number six, Church on Ruby Road. Awesome. Then I'll get into my second chunk, uh, kicking it mm-hmm. off with uh, just a good old staple of whenever episodes come out, I tend to watch them. Number 10 goes to South Park, season 26. <laughs> I am wow. including the Pandaverse special in this as well. Uh, <laughs> okay. I didn't watch the... I oh, by didn't... the way, that isn't a universe of pandas. It's about pandering. No, it's pandering. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, everyone in South Park is recast as a woman of colour. Um, and it's all <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's <laughs> fault. And, and okay. the great thing about that special was people who are anti-woke yes. right. thought that it was for them, Yes, even yeah, though it's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. not, which makes them look stupider. They missed the point entirely. <laughs> yes, yeah, which sure. makes them look stupider. I thought that episode yeah. was pretty fun. The Kathleen Kennedy joke got old quick, but uh, yeah. it was pretty fun. I mean, and the I really first time en- they said it probably would have gotten old. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Fun. Um, I didn't watch the not suitable for children episode, which I think is only fans, or they're making fun of Prime <laughs> Logan Paul's Prime drink or something. I'm not sure, sure oh, what that special is about, but I haven't seen that one. Probably did a bit of both, really. Didn't Probably it? <laughs> both. Uh, from yeah. the looks of it, it's it's a mixture of both. But um, no, I thought that season 26 was pretty fun. They made fun of Kanye, which was good. They made fun of <laughs> Harry and Me- Megan. That episode was a bit. <laughs> That episode was a bit mean, maybe unnecessarily mean. I think they probably deserve it. Yeah. I'm I'm more on Harry and Megan's side than most other people. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I'm I'm more on their side than I am anyone else in the royal family, but also the episode <laughs> making fun of how much they like to talk to the news was very funny. Because um, it was... The episode is called The Worldwide Privacy Tour. So they want their privacy, right. but they're touring the world to, <laughs> to tell everyone that they want their privacy. Yeah. That was kind of funny. Um, I yeah. liked uh, the episode that was all about ChatGPT. That was pretty good. But I think my favorite episode was one uh, where Carmen tries to open a hot dog stand. And um, w- it starts with him wanting a job, but he's not good at the job. And he keeps asking for mental health days off. So then he right. starts his own business and then everyone that he hires asks for the same thing so it's it's kind of fun it was a good uh it was a good comment on um on on our late capitalist uh dystopia that we're currently living in but no uh, i i think the season was was fine it was fun it it was fine it's just a bit of a staple whenever an episode comes out i tend to watch it because Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, and pretty much all of them but one were good. So there we go. That's that's number 10. <laughs> good. Yeah. Number nine is another pretty fun show uh, called Kunk on Earth, um, oh, right, which was yeah, yeah. a mockumentary TV show, uh, which I think aired in 2022 in England, but here in Australia, it came out on Netflix in 2023. So it counts. Right. It's created, it counts, yeah. written by Charlie Brooker. It's yeah. all about a, a character called Philomena Kunk, um, played <laughs> by Diane Morgan's character. <laughs> yeah. She's played for probably like a decade at, at this point, at least, a bunch of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's her just kind of traveling the world and talking about the history of Earth, but she gets it <laughs> all very wrong. And uh, she interviews people and. Real people here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a mixture between, like, Borat and Horrible mm-hmm. Histories, I think is the two that I would say yeah. this feels <laughs> like. Yeah. Mixture between the two. I thought it was a ton of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Someone said that uh, she should be the next person to interview Putin. Yeah, <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> she yeah. won't survive that. <laughs> no. I particularly liked the um the religion episode. I think that one was very funny because uh, it you know it's Charlie Brooker, so you can probably get the sense <laughs> of uh, the sense of humor going on there. And also how every mm-hmm. episode randomly cut to the song "Pump Up the Jam" just at like a random point throughout every oh, episode. Pump it up, pump it louder. <laughs> it just pump. randomly cuts to that song, and it's very funny every <laughs> single time. So, uh, yeah, I I recommend that. Not too much to say about it, but you know, it's a bunch of fun. Yeah. It's also Good to see Charlie Brooker do something funny again, because um, mm. I feel like since Black Mirror started, he's been very much in that world. So it was good to see him do a comedy. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number eight uh, goes to Doctor Who, all the 60th anniversary specials. David Tennant, okay. Catherine Tate, they're back, written by RTD. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought they were a ton of fun. I really enjoyed mm, them. Yeah. I think it's everything that, that I love and also dislike about the RTD era all kind of mixed <laughs> into uh, three hour-long yeah. specials. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of <laughs> writing in here where I'm like, oh, RTD, you haven't changed a bit. I thought that his <laughs> writing style would definitely grow up a bit since particularly It's a Sin and Years and Years, since they were so yeah. good, I thought RTD is probably... still gonna... Doctor Who, though. The family watches it. That's right. It is still Doctor Who. There's so much. There's so many logic leaps and stuff throughout <laughs> these three specials. But I think that's just part of the fun. I feel like it's self-aware. Oh, yeah. I think this, particularly these three specials, were very self-aware. I, I loved the short yeah. with... um. 
with Davros as well. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just good fun. Neil Patrick Harris. I watched actually. Well, not watched. I heard the uh, the Celestial Toy Maker before watching these three specials. Oh boy, that's a bad story. But I'm glad that I did yep. because yep. Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris knocks it out of the park with his performance. He was fantastic. Yeah, he does. He was. It was great to see some returning characters here and there. And yeah, it was really good to to see Doctor Who seem definitely more high budget than Whitaker's era did. I don't know if they had... Mm. Which also seemed more high budget than the previous That's stuff. true, that's true. So more confidence. Yeah, like more confident in their visuals for sure. But also still mm. kind of look bad. I thought that was just very funny. I just found it very <laughs> funny, very consistently funny. But it's now on... A Disney, but Doctor Who seems to be making a point to not look great. I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> well, that's all right then. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> it was great twist at the end of episode three. I'm still not sure how I feel about this uh, sort of like regeneration, it. but I like that it happened because it did lead to a fantastic final <laughs> 15 minutes of the episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> They definitely want Tennant to return, and I don't think he can ever say no, so I'm glad that they've yeah. now written in a reason for him to be able to age. I think he'll look the way he did in the season three finale and still come back. <laughs> exactly. Mm. There's no way he's not going to keep returning every ten years, but uh, <laughs> no, it was great. It was great, and um, I, re- I really enjoyed it. I think... Uh, I could definitely pick it apart. There's a lot in these three specials that, yeah, like as you were saying, yeah. Reese, you could really pick them apart if you wanted to, but there's no point in doing that. It's Doctor Who. It's nah. meant to be very yeah. silly. And these three episodes yeah. in particular were very silly. At some point, there will be a hole in the continuum and all of that. And they will come back and they'll insert the doctor in the background of the shot and say, that's because time was, di- you know, dilating. Yeah, or it was, exactly. It was <laughs> collapsing. And so that's it was why gravity. that didn't work. So, it was Mavity. Because of Mavity. That yeah, was, exactly. That was so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so something is, you know, they'll, they'll fix your nitpicks by just writing into the plot that, yeah, that didn't work because the world was falling apart. Exactly. And that's just what remains of the world. Well, I mean, yeah. and the fact as well that, the, as we saw in the Christmas special, the, the rules of the universe are now yeah. just everything is fantasy purely because of... Um, one lion in wild blue yonder. Yeah. I quite liked that though. I liked it too. I think it was pretty, mm. it's a good way to explain it. And it's a good way to open up Doctor Who outside of just being sci-fi, which I mean, it always has been, but it's a good way to yeah. be able to do something a lot more fantastical. I think my rating <laughs> for the three specials would be, yeah, Star Beast at the bottom, even though I really enjoyed it. I think the overall plot of that one is probably the weakest the giggle in second and wild blue yonder is just my favorite sort of doctor who story so you know it just kind of comes in at top uh on the top of that list but yeah pretty good that's at number eight um number seven is the second season in probably my go-to sitcom at the moment abbott elementary Mm. took a wild swing at season one as soon as it dropped i was like this looks pretty fun and it is. Uh, and season two is even better. Uh, it's about Quinta Brunson. She wrote, um, produced, and stars in this show. Uh, it, it's a mockumentary, kind of like Parks and Rec. It all takes place at oh, a school, public school, uh, with predominantly black students called Abbott Elementary. And uh, we follow a bunch of the teachers uh, as there's various 
situations and it's a sitcom you know what it is there's like a will mm-hmm. they won't they relationship r- running through the whole show there's a bizarrely weird character you know. yeah yes yes the, that is the janitor in this one um yeah yeah it's 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 fantastic uh it's good fun it's nice it's wholesome there's no bad episodes it, there's <laughs> it's just it's just what you want in a in a sitcom um Epis- yeah. The seasons are fairly long too. They're like twenty something episodes, and yeah, the fact <laughs> that none of them are bad is pretty good. It's hard to make good TV and have twenty something episode long seasons, and none of them are bad. Yep. So, as we saw uh, reviewing Arrow week by week like ten years ago, Reese, it's hard <laughs> to do that. Um, Season four. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a good episode out of um, it. There are any in season four. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. It's good fun. Really wholesome. If you want a show that will make you laugh and also put a smile on your face, check out Abbott Elementary. I think it's on Disney. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a Disney original? Uh, I think it's FX or something. Okay. But that's owned also by Disney. So. Yeah, so we wow. get what it isn't... on. Pl- well, yeah, true. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, it looks like season three's out soon, so I'm keen to watch it. Yeah, I'd, it, it's good. It's good. If you like The Office, if you like Parks and Rec, Hmm. Even if you like community, but you want it a little bit less absurd, <laughs> uh, definitely check out Abbott Elementary. Oh. <laughs> Even though, why would you want community to be right. less absurd? I feel like you got the wrong definitely. lesson from watching community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of Dan Harmon, I didn't watch Rick and Morty season whatever. Not because of the recast, but because I couldn't be bothered. Um, <laughs> so I'll get around to that at some point. Uh, I just was like, eh, I don't feel like this right now. And then number six to wrap up this chunk is um, mm-hmm. the complete opposite style of comedy from Abbott Elementary. Absurd, <laughs> ridiculous, loud, in-your-face, short sketches, consistently the best comedy show currently airing for three seasons in a, ru- in a mm. row. It's I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, season three. Mm. It's fantastic. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's a sketch show. Yeah. Like ten minute long episodes. Uh, Tim Robinson. He used to write for SNL. Uh, he does a bunch of stuff with the Lonely Island. With the Lonely Island, they mm-hmm. produce this show as well. It's just him playing absurd characters. Just really absurd. He just he yells a lot. There's one in particular <laughs> where he plays, I think, like a cab driver who's drawn like a hat and a cigarette on the window of his car and he gets angry when people drive too far forward in front of him or too far back because they're like (laughs) they're trying to ruin what i've made and he just gets really angry about it and that's one small (laughs) sketch there's heaps of stuff in this season i think season three was maybe the weakest out of all of them but even his weakest material is just still way funnier than a lot of other comedy shows <laughs> that are airing it's just I, I think my favorite is uh still in season one which was i can't remember exactly who it was it might be will forte <laughs> he plays a guy who has found tim robinson as an adult to get his revenge because when tim robinson was a baby he cried on a plane so will forte <laughs> has found tim robinson and is gonna cry the whole time on this one plane um it's just it's just small fun ideas like that so i recommend it uh that's number six it's the funniest show airing i recommend it to everyone but also everyone that i've recommended it to maybe about 50 percent of them like them okay like the show so it's yeah. you know you either like it or you don't but i highly mm-hmm. recommend it it's it's just so it's just 
it's just very silly. Anyway, that's, that's my <laughs> second song. Like How about you, Adam? Right, number ten then. Oh, the, these oh for me top tier. Number yeah. ten. Yeah, Ahsoka. Ooh, excellent. Which uh, is about Ahsoka from Star what? Wars. Oh, from Star Wars. <laughs> right, gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the blue guy. You're right. This is where we really properly see him. Oh, yeah. And if I have a complaint, it is that they do a lot of telling, not showing. Mm. They say he's this big bad. He's this, you know, uh, they, they big him That's up. That's a common thing I've heard. Yeah. 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 I wish yeah. we'd have seen the effects of him before we saw him. But right. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I, I love the fact that we are drawing all these characters from Rebels and... Um, Clone Wars. Yeah, and David Tennant also returns to that as well. Oh, yeah, the droid. That's right. <laughs> yeah, David Tennant is all over the place. Yes. <laughs> I really like where they're taking this series and uh, what they've done with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. I don't want to say too much because there's a, a lot of interesting things they're doing with taking it out of one location into a wider canvas potentially for Star Wars. Mm. Oh, um, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, I haven't seen it, like I've said, but just from the outside, it feels like a really interesting melding of, obviously, the old EU extended universe, not the yeah. political one, <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. and the <laughs> Clone Wars era, which fans often approach those two from different ends of the scale, depending yeah. on age, but it seems to have Probably. married them quite well. It has. They've, they've taken elements that we all know from the early 90s, for example, from the Thrawn books, and they've mm-hmm. sort of transplanted that into the new canon. That's good. Now that those are legends. Wow, yeah. I do like what they're doing with it. And clearly it's going to lead up to a Filoni film, which is not the yeah. Mandalorian film, a different film, which mm-hmm. will presumably yeah. deal with Thrawn, finally kill him off. I don't know. but Maybe. Well, they are doing Ahsoka season two, so I don't know yeah, what the, oh, yeah. the game map there is. So I don't know. Yeah. Mm. The Filoni film is a good few years away yet, I think. Mm, definitely. It's meant to, I think it's meant to be the culmination of the, the Mando-verse, so all of these characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unlike Marvel, where Marvel tried to do the equivalent of what they did over about seven years in two, they're mm. actually padding it out a little bit in the Star Wars side of things. <laughs> yeah, even more so now they've reduced how much output they're doing on Disney Plus deliberately. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a good choice. I've liked quite a bit of it, but let them refocus a bit. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Number nine, then. Strange New World, Star Trek. Ah, nice, nice. The second season, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, the third, if you count Discovery season two, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I well, that's true. I don't think it was quite as good as their first season for me personally. Mm. The characters are better drawn, I felt. I felt I knew the characters better. Yeah, that's true. Than I did in first season. Yeah. But maybe some of the stories of those weren't quite as good, but nevertheless... Really top tier stuff. This for, I haven't watched the animated stuff so much. I've not seen Prodigy at all. I've not been up to date with the lower decks, which I really should be. But of the live action, which obviously this year has only been Picard and this, but <laughs> particularly compared to STD, this blows it out of the water. <laughs> uh, Poor STD. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I really liked the first two seasons and then I've just, it's lost me. It has lost me too, yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I'll ever return to it, honestly. I liked no. the first two as well. Even though the final season is coming out in like two months, I probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should catch it. <laughs> I'm not feeling the <laughs> urge, but I, I should. 
I might watch the Michelle Yeoh movie, though. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, Section 31. Yeah, it could be fun. Maybe. I was never a great fan of her character. Oh, okay. I don't know why. She, it felt mm. like she wasn't trying to act. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I felt she was quite wooden. But okay. A lot of people love her again, so it's probably just me. But mm. anyway. Uh, number eight, Good Omens Season 2. Oh, that did come out, didn't it? It did, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. it's towards the beginning of the year. So uh-huh. about a year ago now, probably. Um, it is much <laughs> smaller scale than mm. the first Good Omens, and it felt very studio-bound. Okay. Which is ironic, because the first one came out peak COVID. Yeah. It's <laughs> true, it did, didn't but, it? <laughs> yeah, this one, you could tell this was shot during COVID. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. They had quite a small cast. Uh, even the street set was clearly in a studio. Mm. They'd done a good job, but the fact all of the cars were electric... Hmm. So they don't want exhaust <laughs> fumes. So clearly it's inside. <laughs> Aren't we just talking about how the fictional world is a bit more sensible than ours and more well, people have used electric cars? Maybe. If only the world were like that. It's not yet. But, uh, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, those characters of uh, Crowley, Zirafel, great characters. And oh, yeah. obviously Tennant and Sheen are, are wonderful in those roles. So they yeah. can't mm-hmm. help but draw you in. And he had a lot more John Hamm as well. Is a lot about what's happened that's to his good. character. Oh, that's great. I love that. I want to know a bit more about the behind the scenes because obviously there's only one book. Mm. As far as I understand yeah. it, the first season was the book. Yeah. So yeah. These are notes that they, they had plenty of notes that they didn't include. I know that much, but yeah, they're doing yeah. a season three. I'm amazed what's going to be original and what isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Neil Gaiman is still writing... Definitely the season oh, outlines. Yes, yeah. So he, he co-wrote this with John Finnamore from Cabin Pressure fame, uh, the mm-hmm. audio series. Oh yeah, but yeah, the, the concepts Gaiman came up with with Terry Pratchett in a hotel mm-hmm. room one night, apparently. So it's not very well sketched, but they had an idea where they were going. And it does feel yeah. like this season is a bridge to the next season, which I think is going to be the, another big one like the first season was okay another apocalypse yeah and it'll probably be mainly gaming in which in that case could be yeah i don't know yeah but yeah this definitely felt like a bit of a bridge but it's great fun nonetheless mm-hmm. oh yeah number seven then another comedy it's fraser the ah, reboot yeah, the continuation whatever you want to call it fraser mark three <laughs> uh for fraser the next generation yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i really enjoyed it it is just Frasier, really, as mm-hmm. the returning character, plus his son, but recast as an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just hope so. <laughs> you somewhat miss the fact there's no Niles in there, but yeah. he has an analogue in that his son is there, who is probably mm-hmm. the weakest character, sadly, um, at least ah, so far. But really good fun. Is it as good as the best of Frasier? No, mm-hmm. but it's certainly up there with a very good normal old Frasier. That's good. Sounds like the Red Red Dwarf reboots. Yeah. Yeah. They're not at the peak, but they're still pretty fun. Yeah, exactly. It is quite, yeah. It is very much in that, that yeah. vein. That's good. That's really good. And I do like what they've done with it, with translating it. And he's sort of become the, the Martin Crane character almost. <laughs> and yeah, I think they did a really good job with it. I th- when I heard they were doing this reboot continuation, I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. But oh, yeah. actually, they've pulled it off, at least at least from my particular point of view. Mm-hmm. I hope they do more. There's a lot more comedy to be mined there in this new situation of him having moved back to Boston and now working for the university. 
after having made it big on TV. So he's he's got lots of money, <laughs> and he's become even more of a snob than he was because of that. And yeah, <laughs> and, and his his son has rejected all that and has become a, a firefighter. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's become the everyman that I suppose, in a way, his grandfather was. Um, uh, number six, then, yep, is the final bit of this chunk is Loki mm -hmm. season two. Ah, very nice. Very good show. Good show. For me, not as good as first season, I have to say. Okay. That's still really high, though. It is still very high. The first season, I think, was way higher on my list a couple of years ago, whenever it was. I think um, Loki was I felt... like number two or number one for pretty much all of us when that came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, in fact, it's down to number six now. A bit yeah. of a fall from grace, but still very good. I felt like they threw Sylvie under the bus a bit. Okay. A little bit. She didn't yeah. get a lot to do. The whole relationship with her and Loki was completely forgotten, pretty much. Mm, okay, that's a shame. There's a couple of references to it, which is a shame because Sylvie is my favourite character from that first season. Yeah. And the fact good. she doesn't get much to do in this second season is probably what's really harming it. But the way they took the world and they've run with it in a way I, I yes. did not expect. Yeah. So I thought they were going to different realities at the end of the last season, but it, it, they weren't. They were time traveling, which is an interesting twist yeah. on it. Yeah, what if does the different realities? This does different time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it got very timey-wimey, and particularly towards the end, that last episode mm -hmm. or two, mm -hmm. jumping around time and Ooh. almost uh. doing a, a Groundhog Day type thing. Oh, that's yep. cool. was great fun. And Hiddleston, as, as ever, uh. amazing in the role. And yes. you know, for him to take this character who was such an obvious villain... Quite a two-dimensional <laughs> villain in many ways at the beginning, and oh, yeah. to where he ends up at the end, a lot of pathos really, oh. in particularly that final shot and everything that he's sacrificed oh. to, for for the greater good. Maybe, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yep. I I've got to assume this is the final season. Um, they certainly don't yeah. mention there's going to be another. Maybe one. the way he's talking about it, it's his final outing as Loki as well. Oh, interesting. You can definitely see that where it ended. You could see it, yeah. Because he's, he's looking back at the 15 years he's been doing it. He says, it's been remarkable. It's been amazing. Yeah. And he keeps mentioning the 15 years in many interviews. And I'm like, are you saying you're done? <laughs> mm, interesting. I'm sure he'd still turn up in what if and what have you. But yeah. I'm sure. Basically. Yeah, yeah he did. Actually. He did. He did. Yeah. But, mm. Or did that come out before this? No, it didn't. It came out at December-ish. I don't yeah. know where. It might be recorded for. Who knows? But. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a fitting end, I think, for the most part. There are definitely things oh, yeah. I would have done a bit differently, but where they got to was perfect. All right. I, I definitely need to check out this oh, second season. Amazing though. payoff. Yeah. 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 That was my final one for that chunk. And that is the end of this episode. Like I said earlier, please join us for part two, which is our top five of 2023. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and I'll speak to you next time. See you guys.